Stop it, Mike. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another brand new live edition of the Extra Point. You know how we get down every Saturday morning. We got the gang in the house, Mr. Michigan Mike, Mr. Brandon Lewis, and Miss Tasha T. Sizzle coming all the way from the D to the Aura. We have a ton to get to today, ladies and gentlemen. But before we do that, a word from our sponsor. We are sponsored by May Jane's Coffee. That's M-A-E-J-A-N-E-S coffee.com. You can get your Colombian, your Honduran, and your Brazilian blend coffee, freshly ground or not, by my sweet daughter, Sasha Denise. If you're following her on Facebook, it is Denise Denise. But she will grind the coffee for you, or she can send you the coffee beans if you want to grind it yourself. She has the syrups that you can flavor your coffee because everyone doesn't like black coffee. I prefer my coffee black, but please support, <laughs> support our sponsor, which is May Jane's Coffee. Again, that's M-A-E-J-A-N-E-S coffee.com. Thank you for that. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, every cup sold keeps a sister off the pole. So do your part <laughs> and clean up these streets. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are finally here. We are one week away from Super Bowl 56, as I do that. Uh, we're, we're one week away from Super Bowl 56, and there was one thing, once once I saw the matchups, one thing stood out to me that I wanted to get all of y'all's thoughts on before we get into the tail of the tape between these two. Now, we'll give you a week to do your prediction on the eve of the Super Bowl because, hey, we want to give a week to see who's healthy, who's not. There's a couple of key players that may or may not return. But one thing that stood out to me was it's really a tale of two philosophies, this uh, Super Bowl between Cincinnati and the Los Angeles Rams. On one end, you have Cincinnati, who built their team primarily through the draft. Joe Burrow, number one. Joe Mixon, early second-round pick. You got Jamar Chase, that was an early first-round pick this year. T. Higgins was a was an early pick. And then you have the Rams, who said, to hell with your picks. They, they said, we're going to get rid of all of our picks Shorten our window and go for it now. They gave away all. They don't have a pick again until, I think until Brandon is going to be a grandfather. Next time they draft again. Um, but with that being said, that, that led me to a question as a fan, as a fan. Brandon, we're going to start with you. As a fan, would you rather your team go Cincinnati's route? Let's say have 10 consecutive years of playoff contention, but no Super Bowl ring. Or would you rather them do it like the Rams, maybe a three-year window of elite play, a Super Bowl, but the next seven years your team is trash? Which would you rather have? I'd probably go the Bengals route. You know, start young, start fresh, um, because majority of the players on the Rams, they're mostly uh, veteran players. Some of them been to the uh, Super Bowl. Um, some have won and some haven't. So I feel like their pedigree and their mindset is totally different for uh, than the Bengals. Um also, you know, you got Sean McVay job. I won't say it's on the line, but he's going with a different mindset after losing the first Super Bowl against the Patriots. But I would have to go the Bengals route. And just simply because, like I said, the um, the youth, the growth, um, that people didn't expect them to be in the Super Bowl this year. And it just sets forth that their future is bright going forward. Very, very bright. Um, I know firsthand how bright their future is. 
Because I was just looking dark. I'm not going to make this about the Titans. We're going to move on to Mike. Mike, would you rather have three years of elite play in a Super Bowl and seven years of trash play, or would you rather have ten straight years of playoff contention but no Super Bowl? I'm going to go the Rams route. Just the fact that veterans really do show up in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, um, I think you can't really draft that type of experience. So, you know me, I like drafts, draft picks. So, uh, other than, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Rams just because I like that experience and I like that hunger. I like that fight. It's really going to show up in this game. You know what? That surprised me, too, because I do know how much you value draft picks. T-Sizzle, um, you actually lived through a dynasty with your team, the 49ers, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Fast forward to today, would you rather have three years of, of Super Bowl contention and a Super Bowl ring and seven years of trash? Or just 10 straight years of consistent winning, but no Super Bowl? I would take the three years. Let me tell you why. Because when you're introduced, oh, Super Bowl champ, Michigan Mike. Super Bowl champ, Brandon Lewis. Yes, Super Bowl yes. champ, P.L. Coulter. Oh, they, don't damn. they don't give a damn if you play 10 years on a winning team. When you're introduced, they're going to introduce you as a Super Bowl champion or, you know, national champion, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You and, know what? and especially in today's society, is they, they're still taking on the model of the late, great Al Davis. Just win, baby. They just people want to win. They want their fame. They want their flowers now. They don't right. care about having that longevity. I mean, then you look at look at my 49ers who were so dominant in the 80s and 90s when they got older. What happened? We were also right. Rams. But the thing is, you always have that to throw over my head, those championships, when I start trying to bang on your team. Point well taken. See, this is why I have the funnest job in the world. To moderate these three, I never know what they're going to say. This is strictly live. Most of the stuff, they don't know what I'm going to ask before I ask. And every time they surprise me, I was very surprised by those answers. But I'm going to agree. Maybe if I was Brandon's age, I'd take 10 straight years of winning with no championship. But I'm getting on up closer to that upper room. And, and I'll take seven years of losing to be called Super Bowl champion P.L. Coulter, to be able to watch my team in the parade, to be able to have that fanfare. Like, I would trade it all. You can get rid of Henry. You can get rid of everybody if my Titans can get a Super Bowl in the next three three years. I oh, you can get rid of Henry? Man, I like that. I will toss this mofo into the river. For <laughs> I didn't even going to say something like that. I was you see, Mike it might take that, though. It's going to take that. <laughs> and it might take that. But mm-hmm. Mike's sitting there looking cool because his Eagles did this not too long ago. And so he can say, I don't want my team to make the playoffs. I want us to build through the draft. I'm like, the hell with that. My time is ticking. <laughs> my team ain't want to jack dang thing. All right, good job by you all. Now let's get into the tail of the tape. Brandon, who has the advantage of quarterback next Sunday? You taking Joe Burrow or you taking Matthew Stafford? Uh, I'll probably go with Matthew Stafford. And the reason being is um, on this one, I'm going to take veteran leadership, but also because the guy has been trying to play for a Super Bowl for years. And now he has his opportunity and he's going to show out. So that's why I'm taking Matthew Stafford. Okay, he's going with Stafford. T-Sizzle, let's move to the weaponry. Now, I'm going to give you some names and you tell me which one that you would take in a Super Bowl. On one end, you got Cam Akers, Cooper Cup. OBJ. On the other side, 
you have Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and T. Higgins. Who has the edge at, at, at the weaponry department? Man, I'm taking a Acres, Cup, and Beckham Jr. all day long. Because now I'm now you know in my mind, Jerry Rice is the greatest of all greatest. Cooper Cup is out there looking Jerry Rice-esque with the way he's running those routes. And I was yeah. watching one of the sports shows and somebody said that and I was like, there's no way then. But then when I actually sat down and watched Cooper Cup, that... Yeah. Cooper yeah. Cup, yeah. Not only did he get the triple crown <laughs> this year, as far as leading the league in receptions, reception yards, and reception touchdowns, in the playoffs, he's made all the big plays to keep them in the in the tournament. Like, yes. Those late game heroics from Cooper Cup, he is burning brothers on post routes, digs across the middle. He's not your prototypical slot receiver. Um, he can get deep. Like the guy has clutch hands. Um, but I mean, now that's no, that's no, that's not to slight because you know, I am a Joe Mixon fan because mm -hmm. you know, had what happened not happened, you know, when he was at OU, which we're not going to get into that, but I was pro Joe Mixon. Uh, he would have been a first round pick. We, oh, and we and, all know and that he's playing like one, a well deserved yeah. pro bowl because, because he is before the playoff success, even last year when, when Joe Burrow went down, he was still a bell cow running back, and uh, it was good to see him. Uh, finally see some success on offense there. Mike, last week I asked you which defense did you trust the most between Kansas City and Cincinnati. You said Cincinnati, and they made the game-changing interception in overtime to lead the, to their walk-off field goal. So let's come back to you for defense again. In a pinch, in a crunch, in a critical situation, whose defense do you trust the most? Cincinnati's again, or are you going with the veteran Leighton Rams defense? No, that's the Rams. That's easy. <laughs> that's, that's too easy. Man, you got Vaughn Miller. You got Aaron Darnold. You got Ramsey. Like, that's, it's, it's over, yeah, man. It's over, man. It's over, man. Sorry. You what I'm talking to you. They got Eli Apple. Mr. Big Boy. <laughs> this, Mr. Is his, this is his best season. Now, Brandon. Now, we see what Tasha's body language, if all y'all watching on Facebook Live and on YouTube. But, Brandon, let's look at how uh, what they did against Tennessee. They had three critical turnovers to, to, and a, a late one to, to seal the deal uh, against Kansas City. They got off the field, unlike Buffalo, who had the number one defense in the league. They got off the field, gave it back to their offense in overtime, and won the game. They've been doing their thing on defense. You're not, you're not going to give uh, Cincinnati a chance defensively? Not this one. I mean, um, <laughs> you, I mean, it's a Cincinnati team who stopped inconsistent offenses throughout the playoffs. Correct. If you think Correct. about it, you Correct. look at the Rams. They were they beat good offensive teams that have been consistent throughout the whole season. Arizona, Green Bay, like they shut them down. So, right. I mean, right. Then, we all know Mahomes wasn't playing Mahomes esque when. You know, in that in that championship game, so you can't just say, "Oh, the Cincinnati defense was just out there mulling people over." But, and like Mike said, they were playing offenses that were kind of eh. right. And Tennessee's definitely falls into that category with a with a uh, uh, Ron. We not no, I'm not going to do it. Y'all not going to ruin my Saturday <laughs> talking about the Tennessee Titans. Um, now speaking of Kansas City, Kansas City, uh, Patrick Mahomes in his last game against Cincinnati, late in that game. 
He looked like the Patrick Mahomes against your 49ers. I'm, I'm sorry, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers two years ago where he was running around with no help, being reckless with the ball. He almost lost the game on the final drive, fumbling, you know, just trying to scramble and make things happen. Did Joe Burrow close the door on their championship window, Tasha? No. Are you kidding? Well, that was just a blip on the radar, you're saying. Yeah, because, I mean, true enough, Mahomes did look like – somebody else had said this too, and I thought it because, you know, I had to record the game because I don't get CBS, so I had to go back and watch the game. And as I was watching the game, I said, Jimmy, is that you? Like, <laughs> he was playing like Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> and some, at one, on one of the sports shows I was watching, they was, somebody said they don't know how Jimmy Garoppolo got down there that fast, got in makeup and hair to be able to, to throw that game like that for the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think the Kansas City Chiefs just had, and um, Mahomes in particular, they just had an off day. And the thing is, I think Mahomes is only going to be as good as what's around him. If you put boo-boo and garbage around him, he's not going to be able to perform because, it, it, I mean, that's just, that's just it. You, you need weapons to perform. So I think the only thing that will stop Mahomes is Mahomes and Josh Allen in the future, maybe. Now, I'm glad you said that because we're going to take it back over here to Brandon real quick. Speaking of weapons, and, and, and she said that he'll only be as good as his weapons, his $500 million contract is about to start escalating. They, he, he, you know, they, they had a pretty low cap number the first two years, but now it's about to start escalating where you can't pay everybody on offense. Does, excuse me, does that sway your mind any that this could be the end of their of their run? At least their four straight runs to the AFC Championship game. No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, I feel like they're just gonna like. I mean, like, the thing about it is you really don't have anybody besides Tyreek Hill and Travis mm -hmm. Kelsey that's already on that offense. If they can find some under-the-radar receivers that can go with those uh, two players, then they'll be great. You know, I thought my boy Clyde um, Edwards, Edwards was, Hilaire. Mm -hmm. you know, I thought he was going to do something, um, but the dude can't stay healthy. Okay. You know, that was a great component to that offense. But when he started getting injured and everything like that, that just, like, it just changed the whole stock of who he was in the NFL. But my thing is they can replace – I feel like Miko Hartman can be replaced. Right. I feel like um, – what's that other receiver? Um, Chris Pringle. Pringle. Yeah, uh, Byron Pringle. Those players can be replaced. Those – I wouldn't even say they're role players, to be honest with you. You know, right. they, um, they're tier below what you would consider like a, a, a third tier wide receiver. I, I I totally agree with you there. Right. Um, I think I think the um Chiefs need like a Gabriel Davis. Mm. Give me four touchdowns in the division around Gabriel Davis. <laughs> that Nobody probably even knew who he was before he had that game. That yeah. is true. Because I didn't. I, I swear I didn't. I mean, I heard of football you know. gurus probably knew because they were probably on their championship teams. But I'm going to quit being salty about that loss, Mike. I'm going to quit being salty about that. Mike, is it now Cincinnati's division, I mean, conference to lose going forward? Or, or was this just a fluke? I wouldn't say a fluke. Now it's just more competitive now. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's going to be like a, a shoe win every time. I mean, it's it's still a competitive uh, conference. Um so yeah, I I just think it now that they're in they're in the conversation now. Okay, now let's go back to Jimmy G real quick for you, Tasha. Um, do you now don't do that, Tasha? I, we I, I know you don't like Jimmy G, but my thing yeah, he's gone. Leave him alone. <laughs> you think he's, he really, I mean, 
all signs point to him being gone. Is that the right move, Tasha? The man is taking you to two yes. Super Bowls in the last three years. What? It it does it doesn't matter. Yes, they always say, well, Jimmy G just gets out there and he just wins. He's just win. He but he's win. awful when he but he's awful when he's doing it. And he does. Let me let me go back. I can't put all the blame on Jimmy Garoppolo for losing that game because the uh the cornerback when uh Stafford threw the I mean threw it right at him. What's his name? Todd or whatever his name is. Tark. Yes. And I tweeted, I hope that dropped interception does not cost the 49ers the game. And it did. He could he had the chance to seal the Super Bowl. I mean to seal the, you know, stamp their tickets to the Super Bowl right there. And then of course, Jimmy Jimmy. Like that's just that's just him. What he was went that out there YOLO throw? He, he had a YOLO throw at the end of that. <laughs> but I mean, then it was kind of like an underhanded back shuffle type. And when, and I and I and I tweeted that as well. I said, if it's I said, we're depending on Jimmy G to win us this game. It's over. Because I, I already know that. Any, 40, any real 49er fan knows that. He wins the games because of what's around him. He's not, I mean, he's not, he's not hot garbage, but he's just garbage. Like, he could be a good backup. He could help a, te- he could help a team like Miami. He could be a backup. He could back up the Jets. I mean, and then you talk, what's Daniel Jones? What's his name in, in New, yeah, come on, in New no. York? I mean, he's better than Daniel Jones. So he could go to the Giants and maybe help them. But then there's nothing in New York that could help him, if that Good makes point. sense. Now, now, let me let me go to you real quick, Brandy, because Mike, you're shaking your head, and I'm dying to know why. But let me go to you for this reason. One team that she didn't mention was um, Bill Belichick's Patriots, your Patriots who traded him away begrudgingly at the request of one Tom Brady. Would you take Garoppolo over Mac Jones and let Mac Jones sit and play behind Garoppolo? Would he put maybe uh, New England a little bit closer to an AFC championship game than going with the second-year starter? No, I would go with Mac Jones. And reason being is, um, to me, they overhyped Jimmy G. Just because of what he did when he um, was in for um, Tom Brady, you know, during that suspension time. I feel like they overhyped him and they basically put him on that echelon that he's an NFL starter. He's not an NFL starter, in my opinion. Um, Matt Jones, to me, is a better quarterback than Jimmy G. Um, just because they're experiencing everything, yes, he did play behind Tom Brady and he did study behind Tom Brady. But just because he played um, for Tom Brady during that suspension and they went three and one during that time. I felt like it was the media hyping him, saying that, oh, yeah, he can lead a team. And, if you know, if he could take over for Tom Brady while he was suspended, then he's a star uh, caliber quarterback. And he's not. Like so that's the system. That's the exactly. system. He was put in the system. Exactly. That was something that he was used to, and he flourished at, at that time. But when he he's not the quarterback to go to another team and flourish in that offense. Not, not every quarterback can pick it up that fast. Mike. Now, they're making some really good points here. You were nodding your head in, in disagreement with at the whole thought of Jimmy G. It, it, is a system quarterback worth trading for? What's his value on the trade market, in your opinion? Uh, Nothing. <laughs> he reminds, <laughs> he, he reminds, he reminds me when – He reminds me when the Mavs were trying to get rid of Sean Bradley and they were like, here, just here's a – Here's a sandwich. Just give us a sandwich bag. Come like, on, Bradley, right? Mike. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. Like, I don't believe that Jimmy G is 
good in any system, in my opinion. I did, I was shaking my head at that he was better than uh, um, the quarterback for the Giants, Daniel. Was, you don't Daniel think he's better than Jones? You don't think he's better than Jones? I don't think so. No, I I think the Giants need a lot of help, and they need to give him some help. We have to understand that he's still young. He hasn't even been coached. He wasn't playing behind Tom Brady or a veteran. Uh, I mean, like Eli, like what one year? Like it's Eli. Though. And Joe Judge was like, he was already. He was already yeah. going down. Eli was basically, yeah. I'm already, you know, I'm retiring. I don't care. So, exactly. I, I think he needs a lot of help. I think he has a bright future with uh, a lot of support. So, so Tasha, let's go back to you to put a nice little ball on this. If he has no trade value and if he's a system quarterback, what do you re- reasonably expect to get for him on the trade market? Nothing. Oh, I mean, you can't just cut the man. I mean, but I mean, but the thing is, like I said, he's he's not hot garbage. Um, I think if you give him some decent toys to play with, he can he can kind of get you to like how he did us. He can he can get you there, but he just can't win it for you. If you just give oh. him some toys to play with, he's he's one of those guys that's a better coach than a player. Like he would be that person, like Kirk Herb Street. Like just go ahead and send him up to the yes, <laughs> exactly. Like just yes. go over there, and look pretty. You'll be all right. You know what? And I like the way y'all talked that back in because initially you said you want to win now. All of y'all said in the opening segment, you want to win now. And if Garoppolo is not a person that you can win with now, he holds no value. You see, I tried to trip y'all up and y'all ain't with it. Y'all on Ed May James this morning. We're all right. Okay. I tried to trip y'all up. It did not work. So let's move along. Y'all are on point this morning. Um, Mike, are you sitting down, Mike? Let's, yeah, he's sitting oh, yeah. down. We got the um, picture for Super Bowl, but your boy Brady, he gone, he gone, gone. Are you going? We going? Are you going to be all right? Uh, do you want to say pour out any coffee for him? Anything you'd like to say? I'm all right, man. Well, I'm all right. right. I, I told He's people he should have retired a long time ago. Like, what else do you have to put in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Like, why you keep holding? A, why you keep holding a place, a space? That's like those teachers that you know been teaching for years and they don't want to leave. That's what it's like. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, now let's let's start here with you, Mike, since you since you are braided out. And, and and let me let me remove this real quick so you can open up the, the, the cashmere coat and let them see what you're rocking with. The man is that rocking Brady. his T ten from Michigan. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Mike. Is Brady the GOAT of all sports? You know, we talked we talked about this off wax, and uh, you you brought you brought up some great points. I'm gonna still go with Tom Brady, though. I mean, you you I'll make you I'll have you give your response to that one. But I'm uh, out of this. yeah, this is about y'all today. I'm staying out of this one. I'm just I'm just throwing the softball. Okay, but I'm I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. Going doing what he did, uh, having the all time records, you know, passing yards, wins, Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins, check, like check, all this. Check. Going Check. to different conferences, winning the Check. first year over there, building a team like Check. man, Check. that's hey, crazy. And that, being a GM, <laughs> yeah, Check. exactly. Although I wonder why he gets credit for being a GM and LeBron James don't, but that's just another story for another show. Tasha is Tom Brady the goat of all goats? Say it ain't so. It's no way that you're ever going to get me to say that. Say it. Off wax, DMs, 
uh, sneaky link anywhere. It's uh, it's not going okay, to happen. Put the accolades up there, Mike, for the people on YouTube. You see there all you those go, accolades? Those are some accolades. That, that don't that don't That's matter. Because you know in my you know there in you my because you know in my mind I don't even think he's the, he's the greatest quarterback. That's one Joseph Clifford Montana. That's the greatest quarterback. Let's just put that out there. And the His greatest football player ever was one Jerry Lee Rice. Let's <laughs> just put that out. Hold on, Tasha, back up. His middle name was Clifford. Yes, his name is Joseph. And we saw what he tried to do with the Chiefs, so he he done. You know, I know everybody's government name. (laughs) Right (laughs) for the police. Uh, Uh, So you said, so you put, so he's, so you said he's not only not the goat of all sports. He's not even the goat of QBs. You gonna you gonna put Joe Montana ahead of Tom Brady? I'm just asking. I'm not debating. Like I'm I said, asking. Joe, Mon- Joe, Mon- Joe Montana, like, the same argument that goes on. Joe Montana has never lost a Super Bowl. Yes. Never. Brady has been there, but Montana has has never lost a Super Bowl. And then even. Yeah, because he couldn't get there with the Chiefs. He did when he. That's Ooh, a lie. That Mike is did a his lie. Research. He did. Now, he did get them to the AFC. He got them to the AFC championship game that year. But when Joe, Mon- Joe Montana was nine to seven years old when he got to. Kansas City. And Kansas I don't know City how old he was. I just know he got his ass whooped. Well, Brady's 45. <laughs> and, 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 this, and think, after Montana left, Kansas City never had any more winning like that after Joe Montana left. You know why I love Joe Montana? It's because that year when he beat the, the Houston Oilers, the then Houston Oilers, Bud uh, Adams was so fed up that he blew up the team the city decided not to renew the lease on the Astrodome. He forced his way out to one city called Nashville, about seven, 800 miles up the road, and we became the Tennessee Titans. So, Joe Montana, you invited to all the cookouts. <laughs> He's, and he don't eat no, and he don't eat no avocado ice cream. He don't do oh. all of that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, about right, the greatest, the greatest all time, looking like he does up under that jersey. Oh, don't do that. That's the avocado toast. Now, Brandon. This is the reason why I thought this would be a fun exercise because we we represent three different generations. So I was curious to see what your generation of fans, who would you consider to be the goat of all goats? It has to be Brady, right? I mean, hey, you're talking to a Patriots fan. (laughs) But no, the reason I would say Brady. This shit is set up. The reason I say say Brady is because my only thing for Brady was can he go to the national uh, football conference, NFC, and won a Super Bowl, and he did. That was my only question. What else did he have to prove? That was the last thing he had to prove, and he proved it. And yeah, he should have said in the sunset after that. I don't know why he tried to do it again this year, but well, if AB wouldn't have thrown his, his stuff to the rafters, maybe he would be in this game today. That was a very <laughs> close game against the Rams, even without his weapons. AB was never the answer. He was never the answer. <laughs> okay but okay so let me throw out a couple of names just just for for it's and giggles for cacas and giggles now no michael jordan no no okay no michael i mean of course you know i think i mean i think michael jordan is and you know i'm not a jordan fan i always thought that michael jordan was one of the best athletes 
ever. The way he decided to condition his body, his, his mentality, the way he performed, I just always thought Jordan was the, the best. I mean, you can also put up somebody like Muhammad Ali, even everything he went through on a personal level to still come out and be able to perform at a peak level. And I Sustained think success that, over a to long me, those performances, time, yeah. right, those, but those performances, even though Brady has had success and we, we're not going to, I'm not going to deny that. I just don't, I'm not that hyped. And this has nothing to do with the tuck rule. And that's, that's in all honesty. I just would not ever put Brady above them. That's, that's not going to, I mean, like I said, of course I joke, cause these are my 49er people, you know, Jerry Rice and all that, but I wouldn't Jerry ever put Brady case. above Michael Jordan. I mean, he does. Look at his work ethic. Look, look at how he trained. Look at what he did. But I mean, I would never put Brady above a Michael Jordan or a Muhammad Ali. When we're talking what? about greatest of all time, I, I would put Jordan in above Tom Brady as far as like being a competitor. But as far as greatest of all time, I would do like focusness in that specific sport. And I don't think Jordan had that. He dripped. He, he tried to play baseball for a little bit. Let's be right. real. Hackensack. Mm -hmm. And then he came back. He's like, okay, then, let me but, win. And then he goes to the Wizards. But, like, mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But even when he came back, he gave, they gave him 45. He wasn't there. When they pulled that 23 out of the Raptors, that focus came back in. Nobody, if, if, if Jordan had to play football, Jordan going to go out there and play football. Just like even now, you, you see the, hear the stories about him having camps and people are challenging him. And he like, uh-uh. No, let me let me show. But well, he did wear stonewashed Jordan. jeans in twenty twenty two though, so that eliminates with, him. With, with two, with two he inch lost ankle with the boots. Wizards. That's my thing. He lost with no, the Wizards. No, the so. man wears stonewashed blue jeans in twenty twenty two. He can't be the goal. Again, again, there's no way in hell Tom Brady is a better overall athlete or competitor or performer than Michael Jordan. It's no way in hell. Well, I will say this. Whoever it let, wait a minute. Let, we we got the, the the squad checking in. Now Denise Denise says I think it's hard to put a greatest of all time athlete. Like to just pick one. Don't think you can do that, but you can pick one from each sport. Um, great point. Uh, but if we are going goat of all goats, Muhammad Ali was the original greatest of all time. Now he did coin himself that, but uh, I mm -hmm. see I see your point there. But in five years it won't matter because it's gonna be LeBron James, dog. It's gonna be LeBron. It's gonna wind up the goat of all goats. Once he won a title with Bronny at 52 years old, there won't be nothing else to say. <laughs> Woo, put that crown on his head. Now, moving on. I just had to get the king in there some kind of way. Moving on. This week, as a Michigan fan, was, was kind of stressful. Uh, on um, National Signing Day on Wednesday, our head coach was in Minnesota tiptoeing through the tulips with the damn Vikings. Come to find out, he's now going back to Michigan. Now, um, Tasha, I sent you all a link uh, with an interview that he had with somebody from the Detroit Free Press while he was sitting in Minnesota, snowed in, trying to get back to Ann Arbor. And he said, Michigan is where I want to be. Do you believe him? That's hardball calling. Why you always <laughs> lying? That's my coworker guy. Why you always lying? What, what he thought, he thought and remember, I told you this when I was watching the show. He thought he thought that when he went to that interview. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tasha. Stop! I'm trying to. Stop! You know. 
Why get them with the rhythm? Because my, because my, 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 <laughs> and uh, I mean, I thought it was shady at first when I was watching the shows and I was reading across the ticker that um, Harbaugh had an interview on National Signing Day. I of said, so days. either Minnesota, I said, so Minnesota, I said, he's either sending a message. Remember, what did I send you? I said, that means they better up some commas, hundred thousand, another hundred thousand. I, <laughs> I said, Michigan, I said, Michigan better F up some commas and do it real fast. And I said, either that he's, it's a money play or either Minnesota has already told him that he has that job for him to leave on the most important day of college football. And then come to find out he gets there and they basically want to give the job to the um, offensive coordinator with the Rams. Right. So, I think he got there thinking one thing, and they said, "Trick, trick, nah, not so fast." Can and so now all of a sudden, no, I always want to be. If you always wanted to be it, right, right. Yeah. If if Michigan is where is you want to be, why would you even agree to an interview on that day? <laughs> Look, it, I ain't never coming home no more. <laughs> they they probably put him in a bad position. It's like, well, how important or how. How secure do you think you can come over here on National Signing Day? Like, prove it to us. He ends up showing up saying, like, yeah, I want the job. And he's like, ah, just kidding. <laughs> Mike, you think, oh, wait a minute. We're going to get to you, Mike. But, Brandon, let me ask you this. In that same article, he says that he told the athletic director, hey, this is just a one-time thing. You don't have to worry about me doing this year in and year out. Do you believe John Hall? I mean, Jim Harbaugh? No. I mean, like this goes. This goes back to the thing um, that I, me and Tasha both said, and I don't know. I don't remember if Mike said it, but remember you asked the question: Is he um, gonna jump suit and go to the NFL, right? And I we said no because he's more for the college football world, right? Right. So I feel like he was just out there trying to t- test the waters and see what was gonna happen, but he know he wasn't gonna get a job, so he had to. <laughs> You know, text back real quick. Hey, I'm on my way back to Ann Arbor because if I don't make it back, then I don't have a job, you know. So I think it was just a tease and it's just publicity. You know, I'm in the communication world. Come on. You're going to do stuff like that to create news because if you don't have no news to create, I mean, people are not going to get excited. It's not going to be trending. He was trending on Twitter all week because of that. But if he, in fact, did this to be trending, then I'm even more upset than I am right now because that that is awful. It's supposed to be about the team, the team, the team, not the coach, the coach, the coach. Mike, will this have a negative impact on team chemistry this year with the J.J. McCarthy's, with all of the returning seniors? It was like, hey, you was out there, really thought you had another job, was going to leave us on signing day. That was going to be the big story the next day, and now you're back as coach. What does he say to his locker room now? Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, that's – I think that's what I like about Michigan players, you know, throughout the, the past. Uh, they're really quiet when it comes to this type of stuff, which is good because then you can't really tell what they're thinking. There was nothing, not like, I'm not even in honestly, like on the fans, like you think about like Twitters and all that, like, we're like, all right, well, if that happens, let's, let's, what, what coach could we get? And we're like, oh damn, there ain't that many coaches out there right, right. that can that play in our system. Yeah. Yeah, so so when he came back, because honestly, we were thinking like, okay, well, he did come over here. He rebuilt us to to win the Big Ten championship. He that's what he said he was going to do. So let's move on. Like this, it was an easy breakup, right? 
Um, so then when he came back, he's like, all right, cool. Um, I honestly think, uh, to Brandon's point, that it was all like hype. And maybe he, 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 no one can go into a situation like that and not gain anything from it. Like he's a smart guy. So he's, he's building relationships somehow through the NFL saying like, Hey, I'll, I'll build this. I'll go interview with y'all, but y'all have to pay me a favor in the future for my, for my kids. Right. For, no, so. for, when they, for when they fire me, when I lose to Ohio state, Tasha, <laughs> they, see Brandon and Mike just made me mad because like, if you did this just to drop to rile us fans up, and I was riled up, I was blaming Michigan. I'm saying Michigan should have oh, been angry. Man. Now I'm mad. Now I'm like, well, go on there and go get on up the street. Does he get a contract <laughs> extension after this? I mean, I think Michigan does. I think it was in the works when he beat the FIs. I think they were, but I don't, like I told you, I don't think there were enough commas because he did. We all know he took that pay cut. And then the money that he was getting, he was paying other people. I think that was a good faith gesture to show at that time, Michigan, hey, I'm here for the long run. I'll do this. I'll do that. But I'm doing this. But y'all going to need to repay me. And I think the, I just don't think the numbers are correct, which is why he had to dip his toe in that NFL pond. And then the GM, you know, it was the GM from the 49ers. So that's he kind of got thrown in at the last minute anyway. And so I think when that happened, he was like, well, yeah, let me go and see what they're talking about since Michigan ain't, ain't you know, giving me what I want. But we mm-hmm. will see um, it within the next few weeks, there should be a se- – wait a minute. Paul, you got on hockey? I got on hockey. It is okay. the hockey all-star It's the hockey game all-star game, game today. I have to rip my predators. I just hey, noticed that. We do sports? Shout out to Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, I am you rocking hockey 19? today. Okay, sorry. Back to my point. Um, I just think Mich- I think we will hear something in the maybe the next coming week or so about some sort of extension. Uh, and and since it is public, we will have to know how much they're actually paying him because it's public now, knowledge. That's the, Natasha, thank you for talking me off the ledge. That's the only thing that I will accept from him was that he was trying to get some security so that he, every year he's not able to just bounce out of his contract because there's only one year left. But he's, he's not going to admit that. Years. He's not going to admit that. No, he's not going to admit that, but I, I don't know. Like, like he didn't have to do us like that this week. And yes or no <laughs> question to, to put a nice little bow on this. We're going to start with you, Mike. If Minnesota offered him the job, would he have taken it? I think he would have, honestly. Yes. Uh Brandon? Of course. I mean, it's the NFL. You go from college to NFL. Who wouldn't take it? Damn, that's a good point. Tasha, yes or no? Yes. Then he got to go. Yes. Then he got to sí, go. Claro. He got look, what he did was the equivalent of 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 scheduling a date with his side chick on his anniversary, going to the movie theater, and she don't even show up. So now he's going back home talking about babe, what you want to eat? I know it's our anniversary. Like, nah, go somewhere there in Harbaugh. You know, good and well, she's going to be like, I want some P.F. Chang's. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's what they did. They're enabling this bad behavior. They're like one of them women on Love and Hip Hop. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digress. But Michigan, we can't be that school that, that it's Harbaugh or bust. We are the University of Michigan. Look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma lost Lincoln Riley, and they was like, okay, we'll go get some, another high-profile high assistant coach and keep the train rolling. Michigan, don't allow right. that foolishness. And then look at their recruiting cast. Where were they ranked, Brandon? Where were they number ranked eight. for recruiting? Uh, they were eight. in the top 10, weren't they? Yeah, number eight. And the, But the thing about it is, let me tell you some what the move that we did. This was the move that we did. 
we went with somebody who already had history with the University of Oklahoma, you know? And the thing about it is we brought in a lot of former players. So we brought in like consistency, you know what I'm saying? They're going to believe those players, the recruits are going to believe those players because they played for the University of Oklahoma. So if DeMarco Murray told me, hey, you know, man, I got you, I'm going to offer you, I'm going to go play for DeMarco Murray as a running back. Right. That's you know, he's going to the NFL. You know, we that's have a true. lot of assistants that's been in the NFL who knows how, you know, what it takes to win as well. But we are the University of Michigan. We are bigger than a damn hardball. We bigger you still- I like your point that you just said. I like your point. Repeat what you just said. We're bigger than, than, than a hardball. Okay. Let me tell you what they said. When Bob Stoops came in and took over as interim head coach, he said, OU is bigger than a person. All you right. know, the football team. You, we can move on. Lincoln Riley did what he had. move on from Stoops and continue to make the playoffs. Exactly. Michigan, I hope y'all listening to Brandon out here in the OU stuff. Don't fall for this banana in the tailpipe again. But, but also, we have one of the best ADs in the country, too. Don't do our AD like that. I'm Mike, I'm going to give you the last word on this. Uh, it's, it's all forgiven with, with Harbaugh. It's, every, it's, it's all forgiven with you and Harbaugh now. I think I think you're probably right. I think I think he's looking for that long-term deal. He wants to retire with Michigan and be kind of like that Lloyd Carr, that Bo Schimblecker. Um, I think just give him that long-term deal. Let him do what he does. I mean, he's proven himself that he can build it. He has. He's proven that he has relationships with the NFL and the NFL personnel. Like, let's just give it to him. Let's let's build it. Let's have we have that bad breakup, a little a uh, little Las Vegas night. Let's come on back. Okay, let's put a ring on it. <laughs> oh, so he pulled a Beyonce because you know after yeah. she dropped that song, uh, "Single Ladies," he wiped her up. Cause she was yeah. like, to be honest, the rumors got to stop. So she, she was checking <laughs> that, that tutu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that suit, and Jay-Z was like, damn, but let me go and get over it here. Was a ba- it was a it was a wild bachelorette party. Now come on back. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Now, you see, I needed this. This was therapy for me. Thank y'all for talking me through this. Cause I'm ready to put a fist through the wall because Harbaugh playing games with us, like we some some baby mama that can't do no better and gonna let the dude just keep walking in and out of our life. We are Michigan. We don't play that. Right, right there with it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put a ring on it, uh, Mr. Hallball, or you got to go, bruh. Now, it, it, for all of the people who have maybe had their power out this week, you know, God bless you, or you've been in jail sitting out warrants and, and you didn't see the story, then, you know, welcome to the extra point. We'll go ahead and catch you up real quick. One of the big stories this week was, Brian Flores, former coach of the Miami Dolphins, suing the NFL, specifically the Giants and the Broncos and the Dolphins, for what he considered to be unfair hiring practices. Long, long and short of it is, head coach Bill Belichick texted Flores, congratulating him on getting the Giants job. The only problem is he hadn't interviewed for the Giants job yet. So after a couple of back and forth, he's like, hey, are you talking to me or T-Loke? This is G-Loke. He was like, oh, my bad, G-Loke. I meant to be texting T-Loke. So he had the wrong Brian. He meant to be talking about Brian. Oh, I thought you were somebody else. Well, my bad. I'm sorry, Dr. King. I thought you were somebody else. I'm (laughs) kidding. First of all, let's just get this out the way. Belichick don't make those kind of flip-ups. He's trying to take down the damn Dolphins. (laughs) The Dolphins this year. This is payback. He's like, I'm going to catch you. 
get y'all up. I'm gonna get y'all up out the paint. He so I think that he's taking a shot in Miami. Really, I think he knew what he was doing to get this started. That being said, so now there's a lawsuit that that's uh, that's pending, and there's been a lot of talk about it. Now here at the extra point, as far as we're concerned, everybody knows what the issue is. Everybody's been knowing what the issue is. Anybody with eyes know what the issue is. So we're not going to sit here and keep beating that drum. I want to move the conversation forward. Then let's have an intelligent conversation as far as what happens next. Now, we're going to start with you, Tasha. But a simple question. If the Rooney rule is not working, then what will work? Nothing. I'm going to come to you, Mike. You nothing. said nothing. Nothing at all. It's nothing because you think about it, the NFL itself, from what I've been hearing this entire week, the NFL is diverse, like the headquarters. And they said this is kind of what Roger Goodell did not want. Like he wants inclusivity. He has black men working. He has women working in the league office. But he cannot tell those owners what to do. Right. And then I and I tweeted this and then I thought about it. Paul, if you own a company, you're black. Brandon, you're black. You own a company. Mike, you're a person of color as well. If you own a company, you're not just going to hire, <coughs> oh, I'm going to get this black man just because he's black. And I, you, you kind of still want the most qualified. Mm -hmm. But my issue with that is you cannot tell me all of these. Let me go back. Look at Tampa Bay staff. What color is their offensive coordinator? What color is their defensive coordinator? Look at San Francisco. What color is the offensive coordinator? What color and is the defensive head coach coordinator? So you mean to tell me they're... Right. You're telling me that they're qualified to work under you, but they're not, they're not qualified to lead. They can be co-leaders, but they're not qualified to lead. That is the issue that I have. And nothing's going to change that because you think most of these owners, they never, Jerry Jones is the only one that's ever played football. So he's played on a team with, you know, black people. Their mind frame is not going to change because that's in them. Not saying that they're racist or anything like that or prejudice. That's not, that's not the point. It's here. They think just like with black quarterbacks. Remember, you never had a – how hard was it to have black quarterbacks in the league? Because they thought mentally black people could not lead and black people could not perform when they were supposed to other than running a ball. It's not – nothing's going to change that. If that and, and that's just the bottom line. Even though we have been proven that, you know, we are smart people. We are thinkers. Look at Myron Rowe. He played top-level football at Florida State, played a game against Maryland where he had to fly to England to interview with Oxford and then still made it back to play in that game against Maryland, and I remember that. And what is he now? Yes, his football career really didn't pan out, but he's a, he's a, a doctor now. And he so was a we are very well. Yes. It, he was! We are, we are was very intelligent, but... But and then even with this being Black History Month, you know, we we hear about the same inventors, the same as I read the other day. It's a black woman and her husband that put the patent on something that all of these billionaires, these companies and everybody uses. I can't think of her name right now. Her and her husband patented security cameras. That's a black woman. 
So I take offense to the fact that these owners, I'm going to stab you. <laughs> these owners, no, well, no, when she lived in Jamaica, Queens, and you know when she came home from work, the neighborhood wasn't very safe. And she would be at home without her husband. So she started putting things up. She had three door holes, you know, where she could see, and she started putting cameras up. They apply for that patent. So what, when you see all this security, and like they said, even um, stoplights, that's invented by a black man. So you don't need to tell us that we're, we're, we're not smart enough that we can't lead a team. And, and that's you know, sadly, that is not going to change. You know, what? I want to go back to your original premise and then I'm going to come to, to you, Brandon, and then you, Mike. Um, like when you were saying, as far as you can't tell an owner to go pick a black person just because he's black. We can just keep it right here at the extra point. Um, we assembled an all-minority cast. And if someone was to come to me and say, hey, you need to replace one of these three with someone who's not of color, my pushback is going to be, this wasn't racially driven. I picked the three people that fit. I picked the three people that we have the best chemistry with, three people who know what they're doing. I picked the three best for what I want to do here. And how can you legislate in my heart if this was racially motivated? Because it, it, it's not. The Everybody that you see on this panel has, mm -hmm. and, and you hear people say it all the time, but we have black friends, white friends, Hispanic friends. You go to the Hostos house for an event, you're going to see a beautiful mosaic of skin tones. Everybody getting along, everybody treating each other like family, not just on one occasion, but on occasions spending the last 10 years in uh, uh, that I saw with my own two eyes. You as well, Tasha, you as well, Brandon. So if someone was putting political pressure on me to change my roster, to add someone who's not of color, I would feel some kind of way to want to push back as well. So I just wanted to, to, to paint a picture of when there's business and then there's, you know, there's hanging out outside of work. So, like, I can understand how a Jerry Jones may say, well, I picked the four most qualified or, or another person like that. I just wanted to, to, to kind of pick up on what mm -hmm. you said there. Brandon, let me come to you real quick. As a, as a young, young up-and-comer, let's say you're the, the, the most sought-after coordinator in the game, in, in the professional ranks, and you, you're about to come up in this next wave of, of coaches to be interviewed. Do you think there's going to be public pressure on African-American coaches or coaches – of color in general to not go for these jobs because of fear of backlash. And the reason why I asked that is because we saw what happened with Colin Kaepernick. First, it was just him kneeling. Mm -hmm. and it was a, him and a teammate kneeling. Then it was a couple of guys sprinkled around the league. <clears throat> then it became so, so I guess so public that ESPN was keeping a tracker on who was kneeling and who wasn't. And the people who weren't kneeling were getting asked about it after the game. Remember Dak? When he stood up for Jerry and and, and when um, uh, Des Bryant said, I got kids to feed, how much of a backlash he, he took for that? Do you think the same is going to happen to coaches that want to continue to pursue a career as a head coach? You know, I, I don't think it's going to ever stop. And we all know that it's, of course, talk and everything like that. But from my experience as a young African-American, um, I have always been that one speck in an environment. And I always been told that is because I know how to carry myself. Um, I know mm -hmm. how to talk. I know how to communicate. So I feel like a lot of people are going off the stereotypical um, thing, you know, mindset, because I have been a lot of places. Like, for example, when I was at the Cotton Bowl, I was one of the few colored people there. But 
I network with, you know, you know what I mean? I networked. It, it got me places, you know? Um, and I just don't understand, you know, because I pray to God I don't ever have to experience that or go through that, but I do see it with my peers. And that's why I try to help them and educate them and say, you know, they're looking at the stereotypical viewpoint. We have to change that. You know, um, I can go get so much deeper than that, but I'm not going to get deep on that um, with this conversation. But I will say, I think it's going to continue to happen unless we somehow, somehow, I don't know how we put a stop to it, you know, starting with us. Starting internally. Okay. Mike, you had wanted to chime in earlier on the first question. Your thoughts? Yeah. So I I think the problem is, uh, well, I mean, there's, couple different problems but one of them is there seems to be some type of stigma that's out there that's like last in first out type of things and that's not right i mean you think of mike tomlin one of the greatest coaches in nfl of all time taking the steelers bad team steelers and winning super bowl like they were asking for his ed last year like what are you talking about you got mike tomlin like right what like right. I don't and get I pull somebody off a terrorist to get Mike Tomlin in Nashville. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I think the problem is uh, they're wanting you. They're wanting don't you to me. to have that fear of not applying for these positions. I think the problem is that you should do the exact opposite, and everyone needs to start applying. And I think from well, the NFL okay. standpoint, Mike, yeah. you just hit, you just hit where I was trying to go with that. It's because that's where I was going with the backlash. Um, I was hoping to, that somebody would say just what you said. Now's the time to turn up the heat and, and flood flood them with with, with applicants. Yeah, exactly. Seize every opportunity. Seize every opportunity. I mean that that's in the art of war. So we're we're, we're going to do that. I mean, it is war, you know. Especially if you're trying to fight for what you want and for what's right, then that's what you have to do. I think from the NFL standpoint, you have to do some type of like diversity and belonging organization within the organization. And they need to be also a part of the interview process. Not saying like this is who you need to choose, but it needs to make sure that it's right. Okay, almost like an HR perspective of like who you're hiring. Okay, if this person is not qualified, tell us why and who you're looking for. Because if you're saying X, Y and Z, but this person that you hire doesn't have X, Y and Z, then something's wrong there. Right now. Let's just keep it real, and we're gonna and, and and I'm being brutally, totally honest when I say this, and I think that that I'm just a reflection of every football fan out there. Racism hadn't turned me away from the NFL. Sexism hadn't turned me away. Rape hadn't turned me away. Domestic violence hadn't turned me away. Uh, DUIs hadn't turned me away. We had a player just kill somebody on the road, drinking and driving, and I'm still watching every week. The NFL is a machine. And they're going to continue. They're going to let that one team survive this. That's just how it is. They've been surviving for 50, 60 years, no matter what type of scandal comes their way. My question is, as far as it goes with Flores, we saw Colin Kaepernick settle out of court. Yes or no question? Tasha, I'm going to start with you. If Brian Flores settle out of court, because the NFL, they're not billionaires for no reason. They have some of the biggest, brightest, uh, most powerful players behind them. They have the, the networks behind them. They have the high-powered attorneys behind them. Flores is fighting the uphill battle that, that the witness whole thing is like top of the NFL. I don't see that. But if he settles out of court, does that undermine everything that he's done this week? Yes. Yes. 
And I really don't think that he would settle out of court. I'm praying to God that he does not settle out of court because it takes away everything that he's trying to. What am I saying? That takes away everything that he's trying to prove if you settle out of court. Like, I wish, like, hell, Cap hadn't settled out of court when he did. Right, because it made because it. Because even though everything Cap. Right. Even thing, even thing, even though everything that Cap said was correct, I mean, it's been proven that he was right. Now his methods may have been not what everyone wanted, but he's right. He was right, and we are kind of seeing now that Flores was right. But I'm praying that he doesn't take a settlement. That you know everything is exposed. We saw with the with the emails from uh, the, the the commandos, the Washington football team with Gruden and all of that, how things were exposed, and you know how these people think. So I don't want him to take a settlement, because he said he wants to coach, but in the, the quote was, if, if what I'm doing keeps me from coaching, then I'm okay with that, but he, this has to be exposed. They have to know, I mean, they know this has been going on. They know right, what is now, going now, on. I don't even think he's exposing anything. The only thing he really exposed was the right. from, from like, this is a topic and, of conversation and, that's happened every offseason where we start doing a head count right. of coaches. So that's nothing new. Brandon, I'm going to come to you. Would set, Would you be disappointed if he settled out of court? But I mean, I, I also think. Yeah, go ahead, finish your point. No, go ahead and finish your point, Tasha. Okay, Brandon. Oh, no, I think what it exposed, I think that it has exposed how some of these owners actually think and the, what they do behind the scenes. Like he was saying, oh, they were offering me $100,000 to tank games. And then you had Hugh Jackson, who I still don't know if he took the cash or not, said the same thing happened in Cleveland. I, I'm, but, looking you know, side I'm looking at Hugh with a side-eye. I'm looking at Hugh Jackson with a side-eye, though. Right. One I mean, but you know, that's bro. them Haslams. I don't trust them Haslams, no way. But 1-32, bro, you know, now, now, like, he looks like an opportunist in this one. And if I'm wrong, may, may God turn my heart. But he looks like an opportunist in, in that regard. Brandon, if he settles, do you think this will undermine everything that he's done this week? No, I mean, to me, it – it, it honestly, to me, wouldn't prove a point, you know, going through all that and stuff. I mean, you if you want to go down with a fight, you got to keep fighting. And um, like you say, it's probably going to sacrifice his future as a head coach. But, I mean, it's, you, it's, it's, you got to be in it to win it. Yeah. You know, you can't just bat down. If that's what you truly feel and this is something that you surfaced and put brought to the media and that's something trending – you got to keep going for it. You can't just stop, you know. So I will say, you know, if you if you saying you're going out with a fight, you need to go out with a fight. Don't bat down if, you know, it's nothing proven or you haven't did anything to basically, you know, settle this. Right. Mike, I'm going to give you the last word on this topic. Let's say he doesn't settle and he wins. Let's say he wins. He wins this this uh, his case. What what do you do to the Giants? What do you do to the Dolphins? Like what what would be the the damages? Like like how do you punish an NFL team? Because we all know that a five hundred thousand dollar fine or a million dollar fine is like finding them tip money on a pizza. So like like what would you do? Like right. how would they? How would this? How would this outcome turn out if they do vote in his favor? 
Well, you know, you know me and and I like my draft picks. I think that is the future of your organization is draft picks. I'm gonna take away draft picks. I'm like, okay. all right, cool. Give me your first two rounds. Bye. You know, you know what, it's man, almost that, like right. It's almost like the death penalty, but not. I mean, you can make and break a, a franchise with with draft picks, but um, maybe one in maybe first and second is probably extreme. But I mean, now's the time to to set a, a send a message. Excellently said by you. I, I agree a hundred percent. I was thinking like you can't monetarily uh, because hell, there's thirty two billionaires. You don't think they could pull together some money to, to help uh, save one of their their own franchises? Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it. You got to hit them with the draft picks. That's the only thing that's going to work. Um, now this is Black History Month, and um, we like to acknowledge here as a as a team of minorities. Um, I do pride myself on us being good role models, being articulate when we're on here, being pillars of our community. We got fathers on here. We got students on here. We got retired brothers. We got people that's climbing the corporate ladder, that are, are a hodgepodge of, of good people, talented people, educated people. And I'm personally proud to be a part of this cast. Brandon, speak uh, as we do our shout outs, you have a Black History Month shout out that you posted on Twitter that I'd like you to go ahead and do publicly. Okay, yeah. Um, so my cousin Claire uh, Shepherd Looper, she was actually the one that started the nationwide sit-ins here in Oklahoma City, and she was a school teacher at Dungey High School in Spencer, Oklahoma, John Marshall High School in Oklahoma City, and also um, can't even think of the second school, uh, Classen High School in Oklahoma City, and she um, lived from 1923 to 2011. Uh, I was very impactful. I got in, um, invited to a, an event last August in her honor where they named um, the central downtown, uh, sorry, uh, post office in her honor. So she was one of the uh, few ladies of minority to have a post office named in her honor in the United States. Awesome. So congratulations to her. And um Mike, real quick, as we as we roll up out of here, AFC or NFC tomorrow in the Pro Bowl? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go NFC. You're gonna go NFC, Brandon. AFC or NFC in the Pro Bowl? I'm probably going to NFC as well. You're gonna go NFC as well. I'm gonna yes. go AFC with with Mike Vrabel only because there's no Titans offensive players that can throw interceptions <laughs> at the last minute and cost us the game. With that being said, y'all, we are out of here. We'll see y'all next week to do a full breakdown of the Super Bowl, plus get the panel's picks, the picks you need to feed your seed. We'll see y'all next Saturday. Peace.